by men for men. We are here to support men through their individual journeys to authentic and holistic manhood. We believe men play an essential role in securing the future of generations and deserve to be seen and heard. Our podcast is a safe space where men from all walks of life can come and process through life's challenges to become the best versions of themselves. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is your boy, Robert Marshall. I'm so excited to be live tonight. Yo, it is straight going to be fire. I'm excited to have a friend, a brother that's going to be joining me uh, on this podcast uh, this evening. Yo, he's an educator. He's a minister. He's a motivational speaker. He's a life coach. He's a father. He's a husband. Oh, and he is a principal. So, yo, I'm excited to hear what wisdom, what nuggets he's going to drop tonight listen do me a favor show him some love uh we have my friend my brother nobody else but darnell zizzy that's what i'm gonna call him <laughs> i'm gonna call him darnell yo i'm excited to have you darnell in the building from lee one llc yo let's show him some love tonight yo what's up darnell how you doing man Oh man, doing good. Thanks for having me on the show again. I appreciate it. Man, it's how we doing, everybody? Yo, we we in here. Yo, I'm excited. I'm excited, man. Anytime that I get to talk to you, man, it's always insightful. It's always motivational. It's always uplifting. So, yo, I'm excited to hear what you have to say to us um, and what you're going to uh, deposit into this conversation that we've been having. I want to welcome all of our listeners. Um, we haven't done a live show in a while. Uh, but we have Darnell with us tonight, so there's no other way but to do this thing, <laughs> but to it. do it live, yo. Yes, so, sir. <laughs> so, Darnell, yo, everybody, we have been discussing what does it mean to be a man, yo, and yeah. it's it's been mad crazy. We've had some of the craziest uh, definitions, and you know, we don't discriminate here. We're here to hear the uh, uh, to hear the sides uh, and the experiences of all men. This is a podcast. Yeah. where all men's yeah. voices can be heard and where their experiences can be validated. So, yo, but That's I'm excited, good. yo, to have you because I'm interested to know, uh, we always kick off asking, what is manhood? Man. What is your definition yeah. of manhood, bro? Yeah. Man, I would just say, man, manhood, regardless of age, a lot of times people want to put an age to what it means to be a man. I'm a man when I turn 18. I'm a man when I turn 21. I'm a man when I have my first kid. I think those are all potential marking points, but a man is whenever you are stepping up to the responsibilities that a man navigates on a day-to-day basis. So manhood is all about your maturity level, not so much your age. You can be 50 years old and still function as a boy. So it's not about age, it's about maturity level and your ability to man up, your ability to step up to the plate, your ability to answer the call of whatever's being placed in front of you. That's true manhood. So listen, brother, one thing that as I've been having conversations, there's a couple things that regardless of who I've had on, we've had, we've come to some general truths. And one of the truths is that number one, most men who 
uh, uh, think they know what it means to be a man. Uh, normally, that had their definition of what a man is has been defined either by a woman, and I'm not trying right. to hit on any ladies in here uh, uh, that might be listening. Uh, it's either been defined by a woman or it's been uh, defined by a negative male role model in their life, which gives them, which leads them yeah. to operate off of a broken understanding of who oh, they yeah. really are, right? Yeah. So uh, we've we've talked about them. We've also established that there's different phases to manhood. There's no different. Doubt. There's different phases of manhood, and I'm actually uh, shameless plug writing a book about it. But there's different phases to manhood, and at yeah. each different phase, it requires uh, a different level of skill, different uh, yeah. level of sacrifice, experience, etc. So, uh, and depending upon what phase that man is in, determines his outlook and his understanding of life and yeah. himself. So, right yeah. now, how old are you, bro? You don't mind me asking. I'm good. I'm 39 years so old. So at man. 39, man, you're moving into uh, you're moving into that kind of kingly role, elder place, man. And I I'm interested no to know from your life experience, man, uh, yeah. because we had somebody on the show that once said uh, this to me. He said, "You are born a male, but you have to choose to become a man." Mm. So okay. I want to know for you. Um, I know you're successful, but when did you choose to become a man? Well, I think, you know, for me, I'm a single-parent product, second oldest of eight kids, and I think a a deciding factor for me was the responsibilities placed in front of me. You know, six younger siblings, um, first to graduate from college, first to get his master's degree, but it compelled me because I knew people were watching. I knew I had people who were looking to say, okay, how does this look? How does this manhood journey look? I was blessed. I always tell people I'm the product of a, a mother who was crazy enough to do whatever was necessary and the men of the church. So, so though my own biological father wasn't there to step up to the plate, the Lord inserted other godly men to fill in the void, to fill in the gap. So I definitely feel like I was blessed to have those men to be able to speak life into me, to be able to speak truth into me, to be able to call, you know, the power to be responsible out of me when I didn't think I had it. Because for a long time, I navigated with the understanding of man. If my dad was unable to be faithful and stay with my mom and be married to my mom, is it genetically in me to be a husband and to be a father? I struggled with that in grammar school and high school, but I had enough men who were in my life to say, you know what? Though their marriage didn't work out, you can still be a phenomenal husband. You can still be a phenomenal father. So I had men speaking and and, and implanting manhood into me. Um, So I think just to answer your question, it was junior high and high school when I had to make the determination. I control my own destiny by the grace of God through my decisions. Within that season of time, I controlled if I was able to go to college or not go to college. I was able to control: do I become an educator or do I go a different route? So I think there were some critical steps along that journey that allowed me to make some very conscious and very calculated decisions during that 18 to 24 year 
age frame, if you will. Now, I think that's that's a powerful statement, and you know, we're 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 just having a talk, a conversation, and you know, I kind of want to bring in a different perspective because you know, I think for you, you may have been blessed to have other men around you. Um, but yeah. I have talked to many men and even in my own experience, not until I got older, around 22, uh, 23, once I got married, did I even realize and understand what it meant somewhat to be a man because I yeah. never had a role model. I actually grew up around a lot of women. I grew up around yeah. a lot of women, uh, a lot of saved women um, who were praying people, great people. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't have a working understanding of who yeah. I was. So what right. do we say to a young man um, or a young brother who is uh, tr- who, who who is endeavoring to do better, to come up in his life, but really has not been able to navigate the terrain of what it really means to be a man because they've never seen one. And yeah. if we add another level on that, um, for men who or for males who have experienced some form of sexual trauma or right. abuse at the hands of a man, yeah. uh, how do you speak to them on their journey to um, embracing authentic manhood? Yeah, I think one thing that and now that I look back at it, though my mom raised us, um, I I. I praise God that she had enough foresight to see I can only give him so much. I can give him my best, but I need a community of others. Because as an education field in which I work, I've been in education for 17 years. And I've seen a lot of mothers who, like my mom, say, hey, Mr. Weathersby, whatever you can do for my son, do it. I see a lot of mothers who understand the need for assistance but then I see a lot of mothers who, um, through no fault of their own, don't want assistance because they feel like they have it all under control. But I would say a lot of times it's coming around that mother who is stressed because, I mean, single parent, you know, it's a stressful situation. And I think the men of the community have a, a responsibility, back to what you were saying before, to come around those single mothers in those situations and say, hey, we're taking him under our wing. We're taking him under our watch to come alongside of you, not to replace you, but to come alongside of you. Because once again, I always say, you can't replicate what you've never seen. Or it's very difficult to replicate what you've never seen. So if I'm trying to be that husband and that father, but I've never seen it, I myself got married at the age of 24. So I think if you've never seen what it looks like for a husband to lead his family, for a father to lead his family, then you find yourself stumbling along the path, making it up as you go. Okay. So I think it's vital to be able to reach out to that parent, to reach out to that young man and say, hey, I'm, you don't have to figure it all out. We're here to walk with you and guide you along this journey. So we're definitely talking about different phases of manhood. Question, do you believe yeah. a woman can raise a male son? And help I'm him? a product of it. Okay. You know, I believe, once again, a woman can do the best she can. My mom did a phenomenal job. She did as well as she could. But once again, she understood, even on my best day, I need some help. Even on my best day, hey, I'm calling your uncle. He's coming to pick you up. 
even on her best day, I'm calling the youth pastor. He's coming to pick you up. That village is priceless for a young man, especially at the junior high to high school age. Because at that age, that's when a, a young man needs another man. It's not that mom can't do it, but it was meant for a man to step in, in particularly at that age, and give that young man what a mom just can't. There are, top, there are conversations that that man needs to have with that young man. There are experiences that that young man needs to experience that a woman can only do so much. I hear the ladies on my live right now. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I definitely believe that it does. And, and I'll say from my own experience, it's not until uh, I honestly got until I uh, became a little older that I understood the role of a man. And it wasn't until actually I got invited to a men's conference. Matter of fact, yep. and they actually invited me. To, and this is my story. I'll just tell the story. Uh, I got yeah, invited yeah, yeah, yeah. to speak at this men's conference uh, and I'm sitting there like, yo, why did they invite me to speak at right. a men's conference? I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, no, nah, like invite me to speak yeah. to anything you else. The wrong guy. It, like, I'm, yeah. I, I don't do the men's conference thing. Like, you know, I, and I was just, and after doing some deep seated work and I'm being very transparent, uh, I realized I knew at the age of 21, 22, 23, married that I was a male. But I yeah. really did not identify and understand my role yeah. as a man. That's real. And it That's wasn't real. until I started, until that kind of demand was placed on me that I realized, yeah. wait, hold, wait, hold, wait. I know I'm a male. I can, I have the anatomy of a male, but I have to yep. choose to live into what it means to be a man. So yeah. my question is to you, bro, how are you helping people or helping yeah. the next generation live into what it means to be a man. Well, I, I remember vividly my youth pastor, you know, at the age of 14, 15, 16, early on, he his whole, his whole conversation with me and other, you know, select members of our youth group was, what I'm doing with you, the only thing you owe me is to replicate the process. So from an early age, mentoring was embedded in me, was spoken into me as, as just a requirement. This is what men do. I don't have all the answers, but I've been able to experience enough of life to be able to say, hey, young man, you don't have to stumble along this journey. I will walk with you. We will do life together. So I think, you know, that's been embedded in me since an early age to say, hey, too many people have invested intentionally into me. And now because they've invested in me, how dare I not turn around and invest in somebody else? Now, I like that down. This It wouldn't be the I Am Man podcast. And I'm sorry for the ladies that are listening tonight. But <laughs> I think we should have a mentorship session with some young men right now. Right. I, oh, I, yeah. I think. Um, and and so. I'm going to ask some questions because I mentor a lot of young men myself. And so, man, what are some of the conversations that you have to have with young men? Yeah, I would say one of the big ones that sticks out to me, young men ask me all the time, how did you know she was the one? 
That's that's you know, I'm going on 15 years of marriage in June. That's not the norm where we come from. That's not the norm for young black men when seven out of 10 black men are growing up without their biological father. So when the young men see a black man in love with his black wife, you know, they always are asking, man, because when you grow up in a single parent situation, you fear commitment because you've seen so much dysfunction. So it's not that young men do not want to be committed. They just have never seen anyone be committed. So therefore, once again, how can you replicate what you've never seen? So that's one of the first things young men ask me, not what kind of house I live in, not what kind of cars I drive, but you are so in love with your wife. How did you know she was the one? And what were those steps for you to jump off that cliff and ask her to marry you? Yep, that's when definitely one. marriage is falling all over the place, what made you man up and ask? I hear How you. did that even look? I, I hear get you. that across the country when I mentor young men via social media across the world they're always asking that question no doubt about it yeah i i, I rocks with that one um i think another conversation that i uh, that i tend to have to have depending upon uh the age group is number one is hygiene right it's yeah. the how to properly care for yourself uh yep, i think hy- um there's i have a, also there's another one that i have a saying uh because it always goes around relationships there's another one that i talk to uh i have a mentee for many of you guys who follow me i have one mentee he's been with me for about three years now and yeah. we've had conversations and at the end of the day uh he i want to say this mentorship is not about giving answers i believe mentorship is about walking alongside someone and giving them the tools, the resources they need to be able to make sound decisions for themselves and be willing and able to deal with the consequences of whatever decisions they make. So it's it's not about me giving them the answer. So I teach, I tell them this, uh, whatever decision you make, it's up to you. You have to ask yourself, are you willing to deal with the consequences of whatever your decision is? And as a man, you have to excuse this is a men's conversation. You have to be (laughs) willing to put your balls on the table and say, here it is. This is what this is what this is what uh, this is what is going to be. Right. So how do you guide men through that process? Yeah, I would say once again, like you say, Make the decision, stick with the decision. You know, I think one, I like one of the, the way best said gifts that. we can give. <laughs> I, I like the way you said that. You got a way of cleaning up what I say, but I, I love it. <laughs> That's that educator in me, man. Just kicks in. Yeah, it's in there but, somewhere, but I, I put them on the back burner right now. No, but it's all good. I think the biggest thing we have to teach young men is delayed gratification, you know? So I think when you talk mm, about that's good, man. all the different images that they're being bombarded with, you know, when I was growing up on the west side of Chicago, it was, man, I see the drug dealer doing this. I see the gang leader doing that. They look like they have what I want. And if I didn't have other men in my ear telling me, no, get the high school degree. No, get the college degree. Go the secure route. 
so that 20 years from now, you're not looking over your shoulder hoping the police don't take what you have earned quickly. So I think, once again, how do we teach these young men to delay their gratification long enough and say, hey, I know she's fine, and I know she's looking, giving you the look in algebra class or English class, but my youth pastor told me a phenomenal piece of advice that I share frequently is every young lady you date should match up to what you hope to see in your future life. I have a workshop I do called, once again, okay, I like you know that. she was I like the one, that. and I have young men create a list. Because once again, if you don't know what you're waiting for, you're subtle for anything. Mm, so so then, what, what do you want? What do you want? What are you looking for? And then on the flip side, how do you make yourself attractive to what you think you're looking for? Because mm. it's one thing to say, I want all these attributes and then you get these in class. You know, it's another thing to say, I want somebody with a college degree. But, you, you know, so once again, you got to be able to attract what you think is attractive to you. Yeah, that's powerful. I think those are things that even at an early age, I'm speaking that into junior high students, and the high school students, and the college students, because there's always that next goal. There's always that next opportunity. But you got to put yourself in a position to be successful for that next thing. That's powerful. So delayed gratification. So listen, uh, delayed gratification looks like, yo, I to be more concerned about your future than your present. You gotta be, man. You, uh, gotta you be. know, I felt yeah. I you know, I I try not to preach, but I, I think on that point right there, we uh-huh. we, we 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 gotta kind of put a pin in that right there. I think so many times we uh, and for so many young men, it's about what I can get right now. It's about what I can what how I can get ahead right now. It's yep. about what I can yep. get right now and uh i think a true measure of a man is not predicated upon what he can get right now but what he, yeah. i was having this conversation with myself earlier um and i talked to myself and i t- and hey, because the bible talks about a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children yeah and yes. i think part of and i started thinking about that and i'm like man what does it practically look like to be so impactful that my children's children know my name and they can benefit off of the fruit yeah. and the seed that I put in the That's ground good. generation of year, generations ago. Yeah. So listen, yeah. I think part of uh, becoming a man um, is thinking long-term, thinking That's about not more than yourself, but asking yeah. yourself right. And I, I feel, I feel, yo, I, uh, I, I feel my, uh, I feel my, uh, uh, I feel my preach right here. It's, to, it's about to come in right here. Oh, 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 oh. Yo, so listen, I, I asking myself or uh, asking yourself as a man, when you look at your future, um, realizing that the decisions that you make today will affect your tomorrow. So before yeah. you lay in the bed with somebody, before Great. you 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 go out with somebody, before you invest money in anything, before you do something that you might regret, regret, you have to ask yourself, 
Is this something yeah. that my children will be impacted by? Is this something that my children's yeah. children will look back and say, yo, that that was my grandfather. That was my father who did this. Um, or are yeah. we develop, focused on just me, mine, myself at this moment? Because yeah. I think that that is the nature of a little boy. And if you yeah. are a man that's listening today, uh, thank you, Dion. I appreciate that. If you are a young, if you are a man, I don't care how old you are, how young you are. And all you do is think about you and what you can yeah. get right now. Maybe you have not reached the place of true, authentic manhood. Maybe you're right. a little boy trapped in a man's body. Yeah. Lord. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Trying to be big when little's got you. Yo. So, right. yeah, man, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just hijacked it. I don't, I don't get to preach this often no more. So, you, you no, kind of got on my uh, horse. So, yeah, man. So, I think delayed gratification is, is really big. Yeah. Um, so, man, what are some of the things that you've had to overcome to become who you are? Yeah. So, I would say, um, Fear of failure. Mm, that's a big know? one, bro. Because I came from a, a season of brokenness and humility, you know, who stands all the above. You, you want so badly to be successful because, once again, you want better for your children and your children's children. That for a long time, I put too much pressure on myself. Mm. And it wasn't until I met my queen, you know, that I met my wife and she was able to help have that delicate balance to say, I believe you can take on the world. I believe greatness is inside of you, but I'm here with you. I'm your helpmate to help you accomplish everything that God has called you to be. Speaking life and to me and things of that nature. So I think as a single man, I had vision. But it was all, the pressure was on my shoulders. And I think that if I didn't meet my wife when I met her, you know, we met in college. I was a junior in college. She was a sophomore in college. Um, dated for three years and got married. I was 24. She was 22. So a lot of people looked at that and they was like, man, you got the rest of your life to live it up. Bachelor pad, all that. But I knew, I said, hey, why stumble through my 20s trying to live it up when my queen is standing right before me. So I can either man up and trust God, or I could have continued to fear rejection, fear failure, and not man up. So even at that early age of, you know, 22, 23, 24, I had a very life-changing decision to make. A lot of men crumble under that decision-making process because they don't feel like they can follow through on that commitment. So they mm -hmm. run from it. Or they say, I've never seen anybody actually do it successfully. So they run from it. Though that was my story. Once again, I had enough men to say, you are not your dad. You are not your environment. You can do what you've never seen. And we're here to walk with you every step of the way. And some of those same men are still speaking life into me. Even though I've been called to now speak life into the multitude. I'm still being poured into. Yeah, I feel you on that. I rock with I rocks with that. I think um, 
I've 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 heard so many men talk about um, the journey, and this is kind of my working definition of what it means to be a man. It's a commitment yeah. to the journey of becoming. Yeah. Um, that's kind of yeah. my working definition. And uh, one thing I've realized, regardless of who I've talked to, whether they're Christian, non-Christian, Buddhist, uh, or they're whatever, there's one thing that people cannot deny about being a man. And that there's definitely a spiritual component to being a man. Um, yeah. David Rogers, um, I had him on the show and he said something that kind of ran past me um, about what his definition of a man was. But he he says something that uh, sounded like that men are the expression of God in the earth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, that sounds a little too churchy for me. But. <laughs> Uh, at the time, a little, too deep. A little, a little too, deep. too deep, but when I really dissected that thing and kind of caught yeah. the revelation behind it, I'm realizing or that I realized was that one um, men that you cannot define a man, number one, solely based upon what he does, because yeah. if you do what happens when that man can no longer do that thing, this is why That's you real. can't define a man based upon sex. You can't uh, define a man based upon his work because what happens when he gets older and the stuff may not work like it used to, does that not mm-hmm. make him a man anymore? What happens when right. his muscles start to deteriorate and he can't do the physical labor uh, that he once did before? Does that, mean, that right. does that mean he's not a man anymore? And so those are all existential things. So I realized that a man um, is made up is is a is a multi-dimensional being, and that there is right. definitely a soul. There's definitely a spirit to a man that has the DNA yeah. of God imprinted on it, um, and uh, and which impacts the way a man operates, understands himself, and operates with his community. And so, right. um, I believe that until a man reconciles um that divine part that divine nature that is embedded in his dna he will not truly understand who he really is so that leads into a question that randall uh uh is asking us randall asked us to please speak on how men should deal with spiritual brokenness and spiritual healing well i would say once again for me coming from a single parent product, you know, a large part of my healing process, even right now, you know, um, just full transparency, my father passed away um, on March 15th. Man, sorry to hear that. Yeah, but so it was one of those things where growing up, he wasn't around, you know, by the grace of God as an adult, we had a pretty functional relationship, even though he wasn't physically present. So, I had to really wrestle through that process of how do I forgive him? And yet a large part of my motivation growing up was I'll never be like that. If I'm going to be honest. So I think the thing is, is as a man, bitterness can only be so much of a fueling force and motivation for you. At some point Mm. it's going to run its course and, and run out. And so many men are being fueled by anger. Come on, bro. So many men are being fueled by bitterness and resentment. 
but it doesn't help you answer the bell. It doesn't help you answer the call. You can be full of anger and turn out to be just like the man you're angry about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So it's sir. that perpetuating um, curse that says, I'm angry at my dad because he left. But I'm so angry that I fell right into his cycle of behavior. So I think for me as a man, continually I'm healing to say, even at 39 years old and I'm married and got kids, there's still pieces of brokenness. If I'm actually being self-reflective, I'm like, man, there are things I'm experiencing with my children that my dad never experienced with me. Yeah. So with every new experience, if I'm not careful, I, I catch myself feeling some type of way like yeah, that. Yeah, man. I just taught my kids, I taught my son how to ride a bike this summer, but my dad wasn't there to teach me. So now I'm in my feelings. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But I got a choice to make. Mm-hmm. I can be grateful that God has allowed me to break that curse, or I can dwell in the past and not be healed. Yeah, so man. So I think healing is not a one-time situation, but it's an ongoing endeavor, an ongoing journey of being healed is my thought. Yeah, man, that's true. Um, I think something that you said is so powerful is that the only feeling um, that men are often giving permission to feel um, is anger, right? Yeah. It's anger. Yeah. It's okay to be angry um, because that's what men do. Men are angry. And I think that that has totally crippled um, no uh, crippled men in our day and age and men the past because you have men who have experienced traumatic experiences and yep. never um, was whole enough or healed enough to begin their own journey to becoming the best versions of themselves because they didn't feel like it didn't fit in their framework of what Correct. it meant to be a man. And so yep. I'm here. I feel, This is Lord. This is listen, man, you pulling <laughs> this thing out of me. Yo, I am hey. here. Um, and the reason why this whole thing, one of the reasons why, this podcast, this, this, what we do exists is because right. I want to pull down, um, and I have to use these terminologies, these mindsets, these strongholds, yeah, these bondages over men's yeah. life that keep them from, uh, from becoming the best versions of who they were created to be. It's yeah. not about, yeah. uh, uh, it's not, uh, it's not about, um, uh, about titles, about position, about, uh, status, about class, about your machismo. Um, uh, but I'm realizing that it's real strength comes when a man can be humble, when a man can admit that he has problems, when a man can be naked and unashamed of who he yeah. is, where he is, and say, I need help. One of no the, and, and because I'm talking to you, I'll just kind of put it out there. One of the scriptures that kind of helped me the most in my life was realizing when scripture said, um, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Yeah. And I, perfect. That, yep. so that kind of let me know that, God is not requiring me to be strong, 
but he's no. but it's in my weakness. It's when I come to the end of myself and realize I don't have the strength, I don't have the wisdom, I don't have yeah. the intellect, I don't have yeah. um, all of what I need in order to pursue to uh, get my own healing, my own breakthrough, my own whatever. But it's at the end of myself that I experience yeah. the strength of God. That divine nature uh, kicks in and helps yeah. me do what I couldn't do in my own strength i want to talk to a few brothers that's listening today that's going to be listening to this podcast and who is who are frustrated who are angry who are bitter who are upset you've lost relationship you've lost jobs you've lost money you've lost some some of us have lost everything and we're asking why in the world can we not get ahead it's because that you're trying to do it in your own strength yo let go let go pride comes before destruction let lay down your pride lay down your ego uh, because a lot of times men and i heard uh uh, Corey brooks was on the show he said it like this men we don't want to be found out that we're not as strong as we want others to believe we are no doubt no doubt. We, we don't want them to believe. We don't want them to see past. We don't want to be found out. Um, but I'm realizing that as a man, when I can stand naked and unashamed and say, yo, this is yep. who I am. This is what I'm dealing with. I then qualify for, for the greatest blessing and to experience yeah. a love, a grace and a strength that I've never would have been able to experience if I kept on my coat of pride, my coat of anger, my code of uh, of 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 uh, lust, my code, my code of defeat. Um, I invite you to lay that down. And my question for you, Darnell, is: What yeah. does it look like for a man to fully um, pursue a role to wholeness? And what has mm-hmm. that journey looked like for you? Yeah, I think once again, you know, the term emotional intelligence keeps coming to my mind. Mm-hmm. Being given the permission to acknowledge, that's right, that's the first part of the battle. If I don't acknowledge my weakness, if I don't acknowledge my shortcomings, yeah. I can't make changes and do better. So if I know I got anger issues from my past, but I never acknowledge it, I never pinpoint it, and I never pursue a change, a change in behavior, a change in mindset, a change in philosophy, um, I can never be healed. So I think the biggest part is giving men the permission to be vulnerable. Once again, you can't tell your business to everybody, but I've been blessed to have a group of friends that I've been best friends with for like 20 plus years. They knew me before all the degrees. Yeah, they knew man. me before all the titles. They're like, hey, you just Darnell. Shoot straight. You know, so they're able to get in my business ask me the tough questions, hold me accountable to be the husband I'm supposed to be, to be the 